There was a shooting at a White Sox game, but where did the shots come from? What is causing all of the excess deaths in the United States? Why did a Proud Boys member not at the January 6th event get 22 years in prison? What is Vladimir Putin's approval rating? The answer to all those questions and more on today's Random Thoughts. Hello and welcome to episode number 245 of the Random Thoughts podcast. That is spelled R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill, and sorry for missing the last show. Just happened to have the perfect storm of what I believe really bad allergies and a migraine. Lucky for me, I mean, the migraines don't cause the massive amounts of headache pain that a lot of people get. Instead, I get a visual aura, start seeing some fireworks going off, which lasts for 15, 20 minutes or so. And then it is a crapshoot on how long I'm going to feel underwater, nauseous, just kind of off for a while. Sometimes it's like minutes, and sometimes it's days. Unfortunately, we had one that lasted a little bit longer, and it's never fun to try to do a podcast when you're feeling underwater. So we are back today, and something that I was planning on talking about last week, still very relevant because they have not come out with any more answers. You've probably heard the story that there was a shooting during a White Sox game. I believe it was the fourth inning or so. And there are still questions abound about what actually happened. And I want to talk a little bit about the fact that there was a shooting at a Major League Baseball game and talk about exactly how the media has covered it. And if you've been listening to this show for any length of time, you know that what you're going to see in the media does not always accurately or rarely at this point accurately assess exactly what happened because of the way that news is produced now. A lot of people that are my age, maybe a little bit younger and definitely older, you remember a time where there were actual journalists working for the outlets where you got your news, whether it was your local television station, your local newspaper, and then really with the national side of things, you had people whose jobs it was were to do things like fact check. And I've heard stories from the golden era of journalism where somebody had a big story, they had the scoop, and before they could publish it, before their editors or whoever was in charge of the newspaper, magazine, or television network, before they were allowed to run with the story, you had to get some proof. You had to get some fact checks. You had to get somebody on the record that said yes. This is what happened. 
That's not what happens anymore. And we saw this a lot with the sports news, which nobody really cares about. But that's the whole rush. When somebody gets traded in Major League Baseball or basketball, whatever, the big rush is to be the first person to break that story on X or Twitter or whatever it's called this week. And if you're wrong, that player X got traded to Team Y, it doesn't really matter. But then you start getting into more important news, and it does kind of matter if the news that comes out is not accurate. Now that is also just being propagandized with the fake news. Fake news if somebody says something against your guy, against your political party that you don't like. Fake news, fake news. Is it really fake? It doesn't have to be. You can still say fake news even if it's not fake news. But there was a lot of fake news going on with this Chicago White Sox story. Two women shot and one woman, from what I can tell, had a bullet in a sweatshirt tied around her waist. And the question becomes, who shot him? Seems to be a valid question. We are over a week past this now, and we still don't know. We still don't know. We have video that shows the section at the ballpark when the shooting took place. And besides fans standing up and calling for personnel to come help a woman who's now bleeding from her leg, there was no obvious signs of somebody standing up, somebody firing a gun. More importantly, there doesn't seem to be anyone in the ballpark that reported hearing a gunshot. I don't know if you've ever shot a gun. I have. They're loud, even at a ballpark, even if it was the World Series and somebody had just hit a home run. Well, maybe then. You might not hear it clearly through that kind of crowd, but the White Sox, they're not in the World Series. There's not a whole lot of excitement going on at the ballpark, and there does not appear appear to be any sign that somewhere in the ballpark, everybody's like, whoa, what was that? What was that noise? Everybody turning and looking. We're not seeing a muzzle flash. We have cameras all over the ballpark. Not seeing a muzzle flash. And the question then becomes, where did these bullets come from? Is it possible they came from outside of the ballpark? Almost immediately, the police said they had almost completely ruled that out. That was the news anyway. I don't think that appears to be true. There was a story that went around right after this that really reeked of a social media hoax that reeked of somebody making this up as a meme. Somebody, this is not that reality is stranger than truth kind of a thing. This was obviously to me made up because the story that was being told was this woman who got shot that was the most injured, who just happens to be a Chicago public school teacher which oddly also has a FOID card, which means she's one of those horrible people 
who actually registered with the state of Illinois, had her background check done, and was given the ability to purchase a gun in Illinois. You don't have the right to do that in Illinois until you get your FOID card. And I'm well aware of this because I have a FOID card. And so this whole idea that you can just buy a gun no matter what, not in Illinois. But this woman had a FOID card, so the media is probably immediately going to make her some horrible person, even though she's obviously a raving liberal because she's a Chicago public school teacher. She's a FOID card holder, which then means she's probably a crazy right wing gun nut. So the media gets all confused when the perpetrator slash victim slash perpetrator all get rolled into different sides at the same time. Not very easy for them to figure out what the narrative is. But the story that was told, and I'm not sure if Peggy Kaczynski, who has been a Chicago sports reporter for decades, it seems. I'm not sure if this originated with her or she picked it up from somebody else, but she appears to be really early down the line that the story was the woman snuck the gun. Yes, the woman that was shot snuck the gun into the ballpark in the folds of her belly fat. I just want you to imagine that for a moment. And I didn't see a picture of this woman, so I'm not even sure how close we are to this. But I'm a big guy, six foot six, have been over 300 pounds. I can't even imagine having so much belly fat that you could hide a gun inside of it. But this was the story that was told, no doubt, first on Twitter slash X. Maybe by Peggy Kaczynski, or maybe she just picked up on it and then ran a life of its own. Now, I will say before I run down the list here, because I took a screenshot of Google News, knowing that some of these people were going to start pulling these stories because they're going to look like morons because they are morons and they aren't journalists, and you should never trust any of these people with real news. But the story was somehow even better than the fact that the woman snuck the gun in and her belly fat. The story was the metal detectors, because you have to go through metal detectors when you go into guaranteed rate field or any major league ballpark. The metal detectors went off and she went through the metal detectors three times and they kept going off and they couldn't figure out why. So, of course, they finally just let her into the ballpark. Does anybody believe that either? I mean, anybody that ran with this story as a journalist should be really, really sitting in the corner and thinking about what they did. So you think you have security measures in place. You have metal detectors. Somebody comes in, it goes off. You're like, well, no, no, empty out your pockets again. Go through again. We've all done it at the airports. You probably done it at a ballpark. Empty your pockets, go through again. Uh, you, you know, you, you went off again. Now, usually what happens after the first or second time, depending on how busy they are, depending on how much personnel is at the gate, you get the wand. You get the wand. So you have an officer there. Usually the people that are working security at the White Sox games, and I'm guessing most major league ballparks, either retired or off-duty cops. 
So if you set off the main metal detector, they're going to wand you and they're going to find whatever you have. And if the wand keeps going off and they still can't find something, I'm guessing you're not going to be allowed into the ballpark. But don't think that any of these people that ran with this story even thought that far because they actually said, well, no, no, no. This woman tried to come in like three times and the thing kept going off and then they just let her in. The White Sox very quickly provided the video of the woman walking into the ballpark. So this is also something to remember. Every time you walk into a major league ballpark, you're being videoed. So if you think you're anonymous anywhere, if you don't think they're using facial recognition, if you don't think they're going to know when this woman walks through the gate at any time for the rest of her life, you got something else to uh, sit in the corner and think about. So the video came out showing, no, she had no problem walking into the stadium. So it was completely dispelled the whole metal detector thing going off, but maybe she still somehow snuck it in, in her belly fat, right? Here are the uh, news organizations. And I'm using that term very loosely today that ran with this. We have the USA today, which has white Sox game shooting happen after fans snuck gun into stadium. Well, that doesn't appear to have been proven at this point. But the USA Today headline would make you think it's a done deal that the fan snuck the gun into the stadium. There's no apparently, there's no allegedly, there's no wiggle room there because they want you to click on the link. The New York Post headline, gun fired at White Sox game was snuck in via woman's belly fat. So the New York Post totally got into uh, the belly fat story. We have Chicago ABC 7. Two Chicago White Sox guaranteed rate field shooting victims were Chicago public school teachers. Attorneys for third victim deny she had a gun. That's perfectly good. Congratulations, ABC7. You got it right. You go down the line here. Let's see. Uh, Two people wounded after woman concealed gun in her belly fat at Chicago White Sox game, says People Magazine. I mean, if you're going to People Magazine for real news you've got problems nesson the boston red sox network says report reveals bizarre detail from shooting at white sox game yeah the belly fat thing we have the daily beast white sox shooting happened after woman snuck gun in via belly fat it is absolutely insane that so many of these news organizations again using it very very loosely ran with this story without having any proof whatsoever, without having any real source beyond what was posted on social media would be my guess. Again, this tells you how much you should believe what you get from these sources and understand we're now living in a world, even though we have the greatest technological way to communicate with each other, You can't believe anything you see, anything you hear, anything you read. The news media got it completely wrong. And as of today, they still don't know how this happened. Now, I will say I am 99.9% certain that I know how this happened. Because right about that same exact time that the woman was shot, 
the Chicago Shot Spotter system. May have talked about it on this podcast before. It is the system in the city of Chicago that has microphones up all over the place because there's so much gunfire that they want to be alerted to it every time it happens. Again, gunfire is loud. So if it happened inside of the ballpark, I still don't know how nobody saw the gun being fired or nobody heard the gun being fired. The White Sox owner, Jerry Reinsdorf, he's with me on this one. He says he can't see any way that a gun was snuck into the park. The question is, what's better for who when it comes to the narrative? Like anything else in the media. Well, who is going to benefit from this narrative? Who is going to lose with this narrative? And I don't know if the White Sox have a winning narrative here because the two choices are somebody was able to sneak a gun into the ballpark, which doesn't give people a whole lot of confidence in going to the ballpark. But maybe less confidence would be nobody snuck the gun into the ballpark. The bullets just came from outside of the ballpark. And I've been waiting for somebody who knows how to do the ballistics thing to show me exactly how this could have happened and where the shots would have have would have had to have been fired from at that particular time. Because as I predicted, there was nine gunshots detected with the Chicago shot spotter system from somewhere in the vicinity of the ballpark around 43rd street, the ballparks on 35th street. And I didn't know exactly. I mean, I know bullets don't just go like three feet and then drop, which is why every time you have a new year's or something like that, where people are doing the fireworks, everybody's like, do not fire your gun into the air. It is not safe to fire your gun into the air because the bullets eventually going to come down. And I looked it up, and from what I can tell, a 9 millimeter bullet, which is one of the more popular calibers, can go a mile and a half to two miles, which would be well within that circle of shots being fired outside of the ballpark. And I know I've read stories in the past that bullet holes have been found in the seats at the White Sox Stadium. Because there are bullets flying around in the air in Chicago. Can you believe that? I know you can't believe there's anybody with a gun in Chicago because they have very strict gun laws. Almost impossible to believe. But the report saying where those shots came from and nine of them, well, sure. It's not very hard to believe that two or three of those bullets made their way into the park. What it really is surprising is that nobody's ever been shot in the park before with stray bullets coming in. But it will be interesting to see what the Chicago police finally come up with. I have yet to see some representations. We need like one of these 3D Mythbusters representations showing of, hey, if a bullet was fired from eight blocks away at this angle, this would land those bullets right about where these women were sitting. and. The truth will have to come out, right? No, I'm not holding my breath because we don't have a good news media. We just have to pray that the Chicago police, and I believe they are getting some help from federal agencies, but we know how the federal agencies have been doing as well. 
But if they update this and they confirm, or at least what they say is going to be confirmation on whether the bullets came from inside or outside the ballpark, it was definitely not a fight in the ballpark. This was not somebody close to them, as far as I can tell. So the money right now, I would put it strongly on the bullets coming from outside of the ballpark. But keep that in mind the next time you go to a ball game at Guaranteed Rate Field in Chicago. Maybe they should have Kevlar night. That'd be a good idea. Now there's a giveaway. Although excess deaths in the United States, they are going up. This has been covered a lot lately. And a lot of it is pointing to vaccines. And I know a lot of people believe that. And I'm not here to disprove that. I'm just here to ask some questions because there is no doubt that the amount of excess deaths that have been going on in the United States have gone up since the start of 2020, which is when the COVID-19 thing started. The question starts becoming why. Right now, looking at some stats, excess deaths from January of 2020 up until the latest update in the United States for the ages of 0 to 64 excess deaths over that 3 years compared to the 3 years prior up 17.9% and everybody's pointing at this saying well of course it's the vaccine it's like maybe Maybe it's partially the vaccine. Maybe it's partially COVID-19, whatever that may be. Maybe it's a bad flu. Who knows? But what nobody wants to talk about, because it puts the narrative into a different light, and a question is, well, how does that compare to other countries? Because other countries, hate to tell you, they had the vaccines as well. Now, you may want to start breaking these down. As far as who used vaccines from Pfizer and Moderna or Johnson and Johnson and whoever else was out there. But in the same period, we have a pretty big range. Sweden, in that same time period, the deaths for the 0 to 64 down 7.02%. In the same time period, Denmark down 6.95%. France down 4.2%. Luxembourg down 3.7, Finland down 3.4, Norway down 3.1, Israel down 2.7, Australia down 2%, the Netherlands up 1.7%, Poland up 3.1%, Germany 3.5%. We have Italy who had horrible problems with COVID. And definitely had the vaccines roll out their deaths in that range up 5.7%. Again, America, the United States, 17.9%. So this does not equal out to a simple answer of, well, it's obviously the vaccines, boss. There's something a lot bigger going on here than just the vaccines and to put yourself only into that category to only be looking at that. We're missing something else. We are missing something big. Canada is up 9.5%, but again, the United States 17.9, that's almost double 
what the excess death rate is in that under 64 age bracket. The UK up 11.8. And uh, what you're seeing with the people that are doing the reports along with these stats, well, obviously you can see it's the countries that have a greater amount of poor. They're having the you know, biggest problems. It's like, no, you're missing out on a few different things here. You're missing out on the fact that Americans are fairly unhealthy. There is an obesity epidemic in the United States. And you also have a huge problem with mental health. And part of that is because of the lockdowns. But part of that is also due to the rampant changing of laws in the United States in the liberal cities that are allowing more and more drugs, allowing the drug addicts to do whatever they want. You want to shoot up on the street in San Francisco? That's fine. And a lot of the deaths that are happening to the people in that age range under 64 has to do with overdose, has to do with suicide, also has to do with homicide. Again, did you hear people are getting shot at the ballpark in Chicago? Because it's not bad enough that it's just happening week after week after week, and nobody gives a damn about it. But it's a much bigger question than one thing. Are there vaccine deaths? I don't have a doubt that there are. But when you have vaccines in all of these other countries that don't have the excess deaths, you have to ask yourself why. Now, when you move to these 65 and older, the United States actually did a little better. 10%, 10.1 excess deaths. Again, 64 and under, 17.9%. Canada, only 1.1% in the 65 and over. Italy, 3.9%. There's some very interesting stats that need way more than a podcast to go through and try to unpack everything. When it comes to the 14 and under in that same time period, the United States is showing a negative 3.3% in extra deaths where countries like Chile are down 18%, Bulgaria down 16%, Lithuania down 21%, but Canada is up in that 14 and under, 14.5%. So Canada is up in deaths of children 14 and under over the last three years, up 14.5% from the three years prior, and the United States is down 3.3%. Again, very interesting statistics to take a look at because there's some huge drops in the 0 to 14 throughout the globe. If these numbers are correct, Israel down 14.4%, France down 4.9%, but it's that 64 and under, which obviously is not the 14 and under. So the reality is, It's between that 15 and 64, up 17.9% in the United States, which is in terms of actual number of deaths, 455,364 over this three-year period. And again, we have to look at 
the amount of people that are dying from fentanyl. Nobody really wants to talk about that. We have to talk about the amount of people that are dying from suicides. We have to look at so many different things that I'm not saying because a lot of people are like, oh, no, you're a vax. Oh, you love the vax. No, but I'm saying let's look at things honestly and try to figure out what we're missing because the numbers do not add up. If you want to blame it on the vax, I'm good with that. But then explain to me why other countries that had the vax have numbers again, like Italy, 5.7% excess in that 64 and under range. Why do we have four times that? Would like to know. Canada, 9.5% in that age range. We have twice that. Why? What is different in the United States and Canada? What's different in the United States and Italy? Why? Are these numbers so vastly different? Because you can't blame it on something that existed in all of these places. So maybe somebody smarter than me can go through this data and figure that out. I will continue to follow this because I find this to be fascinating and again, show that no matter what, there are usually more details to a story that you need to dig into to understand what is really going on. And you can lie with statistics. We've heard that before. It was one of Bill Gates' favorite books. The people that are writing a lot of these things want to tell you that it's just due to the amount of income inequality in these areas. And I don't really believe that is true, especially with the United States. It doesn't matter how much money you make in the United States. If you need health care, If you have some massive issue, you go into a hospital, they will take care of you. That has always been one of the biggest lies coming out when people are like, well, people don't have health care. They just can't get taken care of by a doctor. Not true. You get shot in the city of Chicago. They're going to take care of you even if you don't have insurance, which is good because a lot of people are getting shot in the city of Chicago. And just watch for how people are trying to spin this. I don't have any answers. I'm just saying, let's try to figure it out. But there are people that are going to want to push this off on climate change, I'm sure. They're going to try to push it off on income inequality. They're going to try to push it off on racism because that is what they do to make major changes in your life, usually take money out of your pocket, whether it is the reality of the situation or not. And the reality of a lot of situations just does not make sense. There was a story that one of the members of the Proud Boys, who was not physically at the January 6th incident at the Capitol because he was picked up a couple of days earlier for something else, got a sentence of 22 years in prison. His name is Enrique Tarrio, T-A-R-R-I-O. He was sentenced to 22 years in prison, found guilty of seditious conspiracy by a jury in Washington, D.C. Well, that's your problem right there. A jury in Washington, D.C. is going to be nuts. And I'm guessing that this will get kicked up and his sentence will be greatly reduced. But we have a very, very 
corrupt system going on right now. He was convicted alongside three other members of the Proud Boys. The others were all sentenced to between 15 and 18 years. So people that were there got 15 to 18 years. This guy got 22 years. And the Department of Injustice sought more than three years, characterizing him as a ringleader of violent protesters. Again, he was not in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. I want to point out that Barack Obama's buddy, Bill Ayers, one of the founding members of the Weather Underground, who actually bombed federal buildings, who actually tried to murder military and police targets, never did a day in prison. Just want to point that out. Not one day. In an article here on Influence Watch, just to let you know, Bill Ayers, an original co-founder of one of the top leaders of the Weather Underground, a radical left violent extremist group, active from the late 1960s through the mid-1970s. Prior to that, he was a member of Students for a Democratic Society, a left-wing turned revolutionary communist organization that split apart shortly after the founding of the Weathermen, a faction that would later evolve into the Weather Underground. Former Weathermen, law enforcement sources, and historians have accused Bill Ayers of both encouraging and participating in attempts by the terrorist organization to kill police and military personnel. While no murders have been conclusively tied to the Weathermen, police officers were injured in at least two of the bombings. The FBI was never able to catch and secure prosecution of any major Weathermen participants, including Bill Ayers. Unconstitutional investigation methods used by the FBI compromise the ability of federal law enforcement to prosecute the weathermen, leading the U.S. Department of Justice to drop the most serious charges in 1973, allowing nearly all of the weathermen leaders to come out from hiding and avoid serious felony prosecutions. End quote. Again, that from InfluenceWatch.org. Is it ironic at all? that the FBI bungled the investigation. I don't know if they were just, were they incompetent at that point or were they always so corrupt that they were on the side of the commies? It has to be one or the other. But if this has been going on for my entire life, I don't see how things are going to get any better. I don't know if we can really believe that the FBI, all of these institutions that we rely on, are going to be able to be dragged back out of the muck to the point to where people believe that they're doing what is right, what is lawful. Also from the influencewatch.org interview, quote, in interviews about his past, Bill Ayers has stated he does not regret setting bombs. He does not consider what he did to be terrorism, and he believes that his conduct wasn't extreme enough in fighting racism end quote so again this guy buddy of barack obama was never convicted where a guy that wasn't even at the capitol building on january 6th just got 22 years bill Ayers admits to setting bombs injuring police officers trying to kill people but he says he doesn't think he did enough he's still walking free never charged it's absolutely insane what's going on in this world. I think anybody that has their faculties about them 
would come to the conclusion that the Justice Department, the Federal Bureau of Investigations, and others are conducting business due to politics and prosecuting people that they don't like for things that uh, maybe didn't even happen. Donald Trump, anyone? Not good. Not good at all. What's Joe Biden's approval rating at? 44%. Oh, my goodness. Who are those 44%? I want to know. But, I mean, we want to compare again, just like I did with the death numbers. Joe Biden had a 44% approval here in the United States. Over in Russia, the great Vladimir Putin currently has an approval rating of 80%. The, the reports of Putin, oh, yeah, the walls are closing in. His days are numbered. Oh, no. No. Again, lies from the media. We were told that the economic sanctions that the United States are going to put on Putin. Oh, my gosh, it's going to just Russia's going to crumble under it and we're going to win and we're going to show that Putin that we're the toughest, baddest mofos in the town. The economic situation in Russia right now is fantastic. It is absolutely fantastic. It is unbelievable how fantastic it is. They are not hurting from the sanctions that the United States tried to put on them. Why? Because there are other people out there who are not sanctioning them, you know, like China. So this, again, is the Biden administration, the United States, being totally clueless on how the world works. And this is eventually going to completely backfire. And everybody here in the United States, but the economy right now is even less than what it was under COVID. There was a hit to the economy in Russia during COVID-19 as we had around the world. And right now that has bounced back and it's even less than that now in Russia. So just think about that one as well. When you ask yourself why all this money is being funneled into Ukraine and elsewhere around the world. No, it couldn't have anything to do with the Biden crime family now, could it? I don't want to ask those questions too loud. It might get canceled. But wait, I can't because this is an independent podcast. It works on the value for value method, which means this show is funded by you, the producer of the show. And I greatly appreciate everybody that does support the show by going over to random thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts dot com slash donate, clicking that donate button for a one time or monthly donation using those QR codes or wallet addresses to do a crypto donation using the P.O. Box address to go the snail mail route, or even joining up on Patreon as we have two people, two, two whole people over on Patreon, and it is very much appreciated. That's way better than zero people. Coming in for this show, our buddy, Sir Truck Driver, with his 565 monthly donation. He's out there on the roads watching all of the insanity, and we appreciate you, sir. Brian Janak coming in with $5. He's one of those guys over on Patreon as is Tim Heasel coming in with $5. I don't put any extra content there yet. Maybe I should, like Larry. Maybe I should do a couple bonus episodes and throw them up there. For the two people over there, they would be rolling in content. But I appreciate both you and I appreciate the people who come in with the podcasting 2.0 Satoshi streaming like Dale Jr., Harry Pilgrim. It all adds up and keeps this show going, keeps the web hosting paid for, keeps the microphone sounding good. 
in all of that. And I hope that you get something out of the show. That is the beauty of the value for value model. You get to decide how much value that you've gotten out of this show and what you can afford to show that value back. Because for some people, it's like, hey, did you get a nice dinner's worth of value out of the show? You know, and for me, it's like a nice dinner is like the stuff I bought over at Meyer, and I could put a nice dinner together for like 10 bucks. Now, if you're a Hollywood producer or something out there and you go out to thousand dollar dinners every night, well, a dinner is a different thing to you. And that's where value for value really shines is you get to decide how much value you've gotten. You get it back to us and the whole system just works. And I appreciate everybody, not only for donating and supporting the show, but also for listening. I know there are a lot of podcasts out there. So the fact that you're listening to this one, it is an honor. And for everybody, I appreciate when you tell a friend or two about the show, leave a good review wherever you get your podcast. All of that helps the show grow. And I guess that's the point. More people to hear the insane ramblings of a madman. And with that said, I plan on being back next week on Wednesday once again with another edition of the Random Thoughts Podcast. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. 